from you, but don't want to tag you. Are you guys going to watch the three-part uh, Casey Anthony documentary on Peacock when it comes out? Absolutely not. I was that. not planning on it. <laughs> it's not even close to my top thousand watch list right now. I'm going to because Casey Anthony is still very hot. And innocent. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> Welcome back to We're Not Here to Talk About Friends, the true crime podcast. You also got the title wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? You said we're not here to talk about it. We're not here to watch. Right. Yeah, whatever. I've edited you saying the title over on, I think, at least twice. Like, I edited it in a version of you saying it correctly. <laughs> well, that's that's also part of the lore, is originally it was going to be We're Not Here to Make Friends. Was the it original was the beat that I don't it, think ever. That, no, no, no. The, the original title, when I pitched this to you, it was going to be oh. We Aren't Here to Make Friends, which is like the... And Sandy was like, you guys can't call my, my uh, partner, my girlfriend friend who was on the uh, uh 17 again episode um she was like you can't call your podcast we're not here to make friends because there's 900 bachelorette podcasts called we're not here to make friends and i'm like yeah yeah but this is like subversive because it's about friends that's right yes i forgot about that part you're right because i that's i remember you saying that oh yeah we can't do that because there's a yeah. bill, so okay and so now yeah which so that being where the episode like where the title really came from like the title of our current like the current version of our show is such like a bastardization of that that it's like is that even a joke does that i don't know if it scans or not <laughs> it works i i like how you said you pitched it to daniel like he was a studio exec you came in with like a pitch deck like <laughs> we, had, we had several meetings before we recorded our first episode and then we threw the first recording away entirely and did it like that first recording was rough it was so bad i was like why are we doing this this is it was like it was like really awkward and like i don't i don't know it was like you and i had never spoken before <laughs> yeah that's the unknown uh that's the untold fact that we actually don't know each other that well we only did this because we were paid two million dollars by joe rogan's podcast company to have yeah, a podcast. yeah buy new tropics please is that what it's called or is that his thing the new tropics are like the pills he sells uh, mm. i was gonna i was just thinking like kind of in line with the matthew perry stuff like why don't pharmaceutical companies get involved in podcast uh <laughs> marketing blue chew baby Better help online. It's not only farmer school, but I mean, yeah, yeah, I feel like it's a lot of like self-help type stuff or just like organic pills. I'm talking about like old timey pharmaceuticals. Like, hey, penicillin. I mean, it's I don't know. Like, we'll edit that out somehow. We'll edit some of this stuff out in some. I think you should keep all of that in. That was a nice little retrospective about how where how far we've come on the podcast so far. Just in time for us to go on hiatus for the holidays. <laughs> yeah, we are. This is our season finale. There's also a good retrospective of the Casey Anthony case. <laughs> <laughs> she should like get a Twitter account. Like you know how like OJ and like uh... imagine Casey Casey Anthony getting a Twitter account four days before the company goes under <laughs> <laughs> hey where's barry looks to me and i'm writing a novel oh there you are barry because it's never been done before
Welcome to We're Not Here to Watch Friends, a podcast about the friends from the show Friends, but not about the show Friends, by two friends, Daniel and Brandon. I'm Daniel. And I'm Brandon. And, and oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, this week we have a returning guest from the Office Space episode, our good friend Adrian. Hi, Adrian. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me back on. Yeah. Thank you for agreeing to go on what is destined to be our worst episode yet. Hey, it's going to be the best one you know it uh so this week we are it's our grand season finale uh we will not be releasing new episodes from now until new year uh everyone enjoy your thanksgiving and christmas um but we're going out on a bang and we're talking about matthew perry's new book a new york times bestseller as of this morning it's called friends lovers and the big terrible thing by matthew perry and the picture on the cover is not at all what he looks like now because he looks pretty handsome in this picture and uh, he looks like Smith in real life. I actually had a point on this and you know they got obviously they got a good picture of him but it's like you know for a recovering like pill addict pretty attractive guy. Yeah this picture's got to be like 10 years old. I don't know about that. I think they probably like got him on a good day touched up a bit. We don't need to talk about his appearance that much. But <laughs> Uh, we don't judge a book by its cover here. Yeah. Literally. So you two went and saw him live. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We saw Matthew Perry do a four-hour concert uh, at Madison Square Garden. It was so cool. Uh, yeah, so we went to... Uh, Matthew Perry did a very short book tour uh, last weekend where he went around and to, like, all the major cities, New York, LA, maybe Toronto, and then DC, of course. Had to hit DC up. I'm not sure why he chose DC, but very Cause, glad he... Because it's a train ride away from New York, probably. I'm guessing <laughs> more than anything else, it's because he could be back home in New York by the night time the night's over. Do we think it's the train, actually? Uh, If he did, it would probably be a Stella. He, yeah. I, I doubt it. I, I, As someone who's read the first four chapters of the book, uh, <laughs> he has no, no issues admitting that he's very famous and also is, like, above certain things. That's so true. it doesn't it's, seem like a train guy to me. It's funny how often in his own book he'll say something along the lines of like I mean I was in Friends and it's like yeah we know that we're reading your book man <laughs> <laughs> he did that he um so the person who um was like the moderator was uh Lulu Garcia Navarro and like uh she's like a New York Times writer I think um and so she like at one point like almost mentioned Friends and then says oh we're not here we're not and she doesn't say we're not here to talk about it but she said something like oh we don't want to talk about friends here and i was like she almost said the podcast name <laughs> uh, that was one of many of our me and adrian's many side conversations during the uh book tour where we occasionally we'd like look to each the other book people. discussion it wasn't even a reading like a discussion about it we didn't read any of it no no it was an hour-long discussion she had clear she had clearly read it um and was just kind of asking him about points in his life and it kind of was just like a giant biography of like him walking us through you know different stages of the book and pulling out different like anecdotes from the book and just kind of going into more detail about those was it funny or was it like serious both there were some laugh riots because the book is i mean it's kind of funny it's at least trying to be funny yeah the the conversation was it was funny but then he definitely uh delved into like some of the deeper moments and there were one or two moments where he was kind of slow and actually like choked up a bit and so it, yeah it, it got pretty serious and like kind of somber at sure. Yeah. yeah, it was very, it was very interesting. I wasn't really sure what to expect, but he definitely. 
definitely like stuck to mostly a lot of the stories about like his addiction and his family growing up and a lot of that kind of stuff. There wasn't really any like, you know, oh, was uh, Brad Pitt like on set or anything, you know? Yeah. Um, what like, uh, is there like a specific story you guys remember him talking about that like stuck with you or? Um, so it's actually one of the ones he goes into in the first, I think the first chapter or two, like the prologue of the book uh, where he's talking about how he almost died within the last oh, like, yeah. couple years and just like the medical complications he had and just like how scary it is to wake up in a hospital room hooked up machines and like kind of going more in depth with that and how it gave him like a different outlook on life. Was this one where like his like what colon exploded? Yeah, yeah. he was in a rehab place and his colon exploded and then he went to then he went into a coma and went into the hospital and was hooked up to a bunch of different machines and they basically were like you have a 2% chance to live but he lived so yeah. Yeah he went into that pretty heavily in the uh, live reading or live whatever it, it's called interview. It is sort of like so that's how the book opens and it is sort of a crazy way to start the book because it is kind of like oh well this is like like this is the thing that happened you know and so then when he goes back and talks about his childhood it's like it's I don't know I feel like I'm like well none of this is going to be more interesting than the time he almost died he's like oh it's like a yeah I'm here right now let's back up a bit and see where I yeah, yeah, yeah. uh let me back up I bet you're wondering how I ended up here yeah with my colon yeah, yeah. I thought that part was interesting though I think why it's like such a main portion of the book was that that seems like the turning point for him where he was like you, you know he had so many good things happen and he just struggled with addiction and that was the first one where like afterwards he was like oh I'm just happy to be alive like yeah that's, you know? that's kind of my takeaway from the book as well um, which like not to call her out but the moderator at the uh uh live tour when he mentioned like the colon exploding thing he like kind of warded in a weird way sort of like a kind of like he was like oh I was I was it was good and bad that I end up being near like the best room that would help me with this and like it's like basically I guess he was trying to imply it was good that like he was so close to like a good like health facility that would help him and it was bad that his colon exploded but the way she was trying to push him on it it almost felt like she was trying to push him on like oh was it bad that you your life was saved that night I don't know did you get yeah, that vibe Adrian? 100% she was trying to push him towards like are you were you suicidal during that period which like he never said or has come out saying as far as I know um but she definitely was trying to push it in that layer like are you not happy that you live like yeah it was kind of like a it was like an uh, it was very, yeah it was a very weird question because it was like clearly like as soon as she repeated it, i was like oh no please like don't go into this i don't want to like hear this awkwardness of him trying to figure out what you're trying to say and then realize probably you're implying that he was not happy to be alive it was a very weird conversation yeah very strange thing to accuse someone of <laughs> yeah I mean, she, to be fair like she just misinterpreted what he said but i was like oh why are we going into this this yeah. is just being that hard-hitting <laughs> we're not like in the barbara walters interview in 2004 so, uh, what else what was the vibe like like was it like people mostly your age or was it like yeah i think so a lot of like uh young women mostly yeah it was like 90 percent young women there yeah nice did you guys get any digits oh yeah we got digits from everybody there because we were like hey we have a podcast about friends he's gonna be on as a guest next week Uh, you're like you're like hey my colon is fully function (laughs) (laughs) mine's only half function i call it a semicolon there Nice, nice. <laughs> there was also a lot of clapping, which some parts made sense, and then some parts where he would just be like, "So that was a thing," and people would just start clapping. And Daniel, and I just kind of kept looking at each other, like, "Why are we clapping?" Like, <laughs> I, I mean, don't, I don't understand what we're celebrating. I made a list of every moment that people clapped at. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> 
Oh, perfect. <laughs> so some of them made sense. Like uh, the main one that made sense was he at one point says, I haven't had a drink since 2005. And everyone clapped at that point, which like, obviously that's like a classic applause yeah. scene. Like whenever someone's at a concert and they say something like that, people always cheer. You know, it's just like the way it goes. And that's, it should be, you know, it's applauded if you had issues and you're sober now. That's great. But yeah. some of the other things they were uh, clapped for. Um, so uh, this one wasn't a clap, but at the very beginning, he's talking about where his parents live. And he's like, oh, my dad was in LA and my mom was in Montreal. Someone goes, woo! For Montreal. <laughs> I was like, all right. I didn't realize we had that kind of crowd here. Just uh, like one French Canadian in the background smoking a cigarette. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, you are my, from my home city. Yeah, exactly like that. It was like, there's no smoking allowed in the venue, too. So I don't know how they got away with it. I think they have, I think they were diplomat. French Canadian, you're allowed to smoke indoors. Oh, that's a good point. The part- reads the uh, law. I, uh, I must, this is my medical cigarette. <laughs> Um, and then um, another thing that got applause was him saying at one point when he was talking about how he wanted to keep living he was like I want to live I want to have a child or whatever and I'm going to start clapping I was like <laughs> yeah I was like I, no but this he was saying this for like 20 years ago when he first like relapsed and like oh. with rents he was like I want to like live I want to have children or whatever everyone started clapping I was like guys he doesn't have a kid like there's yeah. no need to clap for this this is a weird thing to clap for I mean like you yeah. know it's fine either way but he kind of talks about that in the book too about like like he like really fucked up a lot of relationships and there's like the there's like the girl he's like still clearly in love with in the book Rachel not yeah. Rachel from Friends but like the real life Rachel. In fact, when he talks about her, he in parentheses is like, not the Rachel from Friends. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's it's interesting because like, like I've always known he's had uh, trouble with drugs, but I've never really thought of him as like, like a tragic figure, you know? It's just right. like, yeah, he got too famous and did a lot of drugs. Who among us? It was the 90s, baby. But reading the book, like knowing that like there were things he wanted that didn't end up happening or at least haven't happened yet. And, you know, he's middle-aged now, so probably might not. Uh, you know, it's it, it really painted a different uh, type of picture of what kind of man he was. Yeah. Before we hop back into Daniel's list of other things that got applause, because let me let me tell you, it's lengthy. Uh, <laughs> he kind of opened with that piece of like, you know, I thought I was like an actor and like would hang out with actors and stuff. And then he realized, I guess, you know, with his, uh, coming close to death and then like helping other people. And I think he goes into the book, uh, goes into depth in the book some, but he's talking about how like he found his community like in the attic community and not the actor community, which he, where he thought he would. And he's like, no, I actually really enjoy helping people who struggle with addiction. And like, that's more like, those are the people who understand me at my core, which I thought was an interesting um, kind of self-realization on his part. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Although I will say he mentioned that after he talked about how he, he, he went to rehab at Promises, like that, like, you know, famous, like Southern California rehab place. Yeah. And he was like, oh, they canceled every, all the, I don't know if this is in the book or not because i didn't read the book but they canceled all the classes uh and one night so we could all watch the oscars together <laughs> I was like, that's such a southern california thing to do uh and that's when julia roberts won for aaron brockovich oh, nice. he talked about how uh that like he like that happened he was like oh no take me i want i'll take you back julia <laughs> up with her. Um, yeah. but... it's, it's insane that they dated by the way like i it was just of that time period where it made sense but looking back you're like damn what did 
did she ever see in this guy? It's funny. People like funny people. Oh, look at all the SNL writers. They all have like Scarlett Johansson as their wife. And like, and <laughs> he is, he is, and I mean this as an insult. He is SNL funny, where you're like, yeah, I can see why like a very hot woman would think that you're funny, but no one with like a real sense of humor thinks you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's such a diss towards hot women and Matthew Perry. Yep, my all sweet right. hot. <laughs> all right, Daniel. What else did people applaud for? Because I know that there was a good one. Okay, so um, one of the other things people applauded for was just uh, was when he mentioned this is the one that like both of us looked at each other so quizzically after this happened. He was talking about how like he like was a big like tennis protege when he was like a kid, and like people started applauding at the idea of him playing tennis. <laughs> he just mentioned that in the book. So. Yeah, he he talks about that a bit, in the, and then I think he mentioned that in some interviews too, like the tennis yeah. thing. But it's very funny to me. Like he was like, oh yeah, I played tennis when I was a kid. He was like, Woo, yes. <laughs> I was like, all right. Weird uh, line, but sure. Yeah. Um, and then I think the first time they mentioned Friends, it got some applause of like, oh yeah, Friends, woo, Matthew Perry was on Friends kind of thing. And then the second time when he talks about like the audition process for Friends, because he mentions how um, like he like he was part of like a trio of a crew of like him, Craig Bierko, and Hank Azaria back in like the late 80s, early 90s. I don't know if he goes into this in the book at all, but uh, Craig Bierko, I guess, was apparently like the hot commodity back then. He's been on, he's still in shows and stuff. He was on Unreal a few years ago. But he got the part in Friends and then Matthew Perry. But he got the offer the part, but decided not to take it. So Matthew Perry ran to go get part. And he's like, yep. And I got cast. And then everyone just applauds like crazy that Matthew Perry got cast in the show that you all know from. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow. Um, I think this was Zaria up for the part of Chandler. No, he was just friends. So what happened was Matthew Perry, he claims, I don't know if he mentioned this in the book or not, but he claims that like- I, everyone... I haven't read the whole thing. Uh, I, so I don't, I don't know if this is just later and I haven't gotten to it yet, but go ahead. Oh, well, spoilers. So the, uh, he talks about how, um, was it like that he and Hank Azaria were asked by Craig Bierko, which one of two shows to take? Yeah. Like it was like, oh, take either this random show or take- Friends Like Us. Friends Like Us, the original title for Friends. Um, and they both convinced him to take Friends Like Us, apparently. I still kind of sort of doubtful about that. The way Matthew Perry was, I don't know, maybe not. I'm probably just throwing too much on that. But then uh, Craig Bierko ended up taking the other show. So Matthew Perry immediately was like, I need to get that show because he was on that other pilot, which I think we mentioned on this show before, uh, which, what was the name of it again? It was like... Oh, it was like Boys Will Be Boys or something like that? Not that one. That one lasted. Uh, LAX 2194. Oh, right, 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 right. The show that like was about him and Ryan Stiles playing like baggage claim handlers in Los Angeles in 2194. Yeah. With like, I think Matthew Perry's uncle was like frozen in time or cry like cryogenically frozen and then brought in 200 years later. And he was talking about how that was like, technically he was like a second, like friends would be like his second option if that pilot didn't get picked up. And then that pilot did not get picked up and he got friends and nice. it applauded. Yeah. Wait, so how does Hank Azaria play into this? <laughs> Hank Azaria was just part of the crew that he ran in. Him okay. Craig Bierko. Craig Bierko. Like he just said, like they just kind of came up at the same time and they were just the trio of them were like good friends all kind of trying to make it in Hollywood like at the yeah. same time. So they that used to yeah, yeah, they used to bounce ideas off each other, ask each other for advice and like I don't know, other things you do with your friends. Man, can you imagine how fucking pissed you would be if you were like a late 20-year-old actor and your buddy Hank was like, "Yeah, I got like a voice acting gig. I'm going to voice like just like a bunch of side characters on this like Tracy Altman show." Uh <laughs> and then like you're like, "Oh, you're like the most famous person in the world now. Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> 
like of the three of them, there's not even, it's not even like a conversation of who had the most successful career. Like, yeah, Friends is Friends, but The Simpsons is the goddamn Simpsons. Do we think that Hank Azaria got paid more overall than Matthew Perry did? I no, 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 not, absolutely not. But I'm talking about pure fame. Like, I don't know, man. The, the Simpsons voice actors have really been cashing in like the last 20 years. They have gotten some good contracts, but they also are like voice acting usually is definitely less, but I don't know. Um, Cause like, I know Friends, like they all got like a million per episode by the end, which I, I don't think, think as yeah. a Hank, Hank Azaria makes about 300,000 per episode or 6.6 million per year. So if Friends was making a million per episode towards the end, I mean, it could be close. Uh, they probably like it, it has taken Hank Azaria much longer to earn the same amount that uh, Matthew Perry has, but he's also been doing it for 20 years since Friends ended. So <laughs> on a long enough timeline, yeah, he probably has made a little bit more than Matthew Perry has when it's all said done. And his area was like in good things. You know, we've just spent a year talking about how nothing else Matthew Perry has done has been that good. Hey, go on. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Sunshine. Okay, but you know, like. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't have the Smurfs or the Smurfs 2 on his resume. Or, I don't know, the Birdcage is pretty good. Uh, I really liked Brockmire a lot. Uh, Do you think that he took, isn't Brockmire like, is this about to spoil season three? Brockmire, have you seen all Brockmire? I have, yeah. Don't they like go to the future at the end? Yeah. I wonder if he took that from Matthew Perry's failed pilot that he told him about. <laughs> probably, probably, yeah. Oh, uh, but, oh, it was also funny because he mentioned at one point he was like, oh yeah, and Hank went to go to the gym after this conversation because at that point we were all going to the gym all the time. I was like, I never really associate Hank Azaria as like a gym guy, but no. you know what, sure. I guess even when you're not like, you just have to be in shape as an actor. And yeah. so if like, you're not like a in shape guy, you know, you're not like a Chris Evans or a Chris Hemsworth or a Chris Pratt. Uh, you still have to like <laughs> be in good shape. In general shape. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, so he meant, he named up Hank Azaria a lot. And then apparently he and Craig Bierko didn't speak for like two years because of Friends being successful. Um, and I think they they might have gone on good terms since then, I'm assuming. But I don't know. That's kind of what it sounded like if they had mended the fence after like years Shaking ago. my head, you know? You got to just be happy for your friends. Clout sharks, baby. Yeah. And I think Matthew Perry at this point, at the point when they finally like made up, he was like, trust me, friends was not worth it or whatever for what I, all the things I had to go through. And Craig Bierko was like, oh, shut up. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you do have to be happy for your friends. You know, that's why I'm definitely not starting a podcast called We're Not Here to Talk About Friends. Not. No, you're you're going to start like a, a Talking Dead podcast called like We're, We Are Here to Talk About We're Not Here to Watch Friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the way to go. We need to have podcast recaps of podcasts. It's going to be him and uh, fuck, who hosted the Talking Dead? For Chris Hardwick? Life. Yeah, him and Turbo Canceled Chris Hardwick. It's going to be his big comeback. <laughs> He's not like turbo canceled. He's more just like people forgot about him. So when he got canceled, it was like, that's fine. I thought, what did he get canceled? We don't need to talk about it. Okay. Was it, see, I thought it was for something really bad. Yeah. It, I mean, it was, but like, he's not like entirely, when I say he wasn't canceled, I just mean more that he still does stuff. Oh, I mean, yeah, he was like already irrelevant. Like his level of relevancy has not, I mean, it's changed enough, but like he still would do things like after, I feel like he still was around even after that happened. Yeah. I mean, he hosted 
that uh, you win the internet game. Oh, God. That, okay. well, what was that? Yeah. What that? Was that? Uh, Midnight? Oh, God. What a fucking awful show. Okay, well. Back More like to- Matt Midnight, because we're talking about Matthew Perry this week. Nice, nice. Uh, back into the book, I actually wrote down a few notes from just different portions that I enjoyed. Okay. Uh, th- okay, this is bad, but it sounds like we're, like the fun part of addiction, right? Uh, wait, he talks about a story about when he goes into rehab and how w- there was a counselor who never really liked him because when he got there, he literally proposed to her and asked him or asked her to marry him and then right afterwards fell down a flight of stairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And he, he has like no memory of doing it, which is very funny. Yeah. I'm just like, oh man, what kind of mental space do you have to be to do that? And then turn around and be like, I got this and then just fall down a flight of stairs. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I appreciate the honesty in the book where he talks about how he knows he was getting better when he realized he was like horny for his nurse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's I, like, like, like he's like ah you know like i was i i realized i was like on the road for recovery because i was sexually aroused and i'm like mm, gross but also that is probably how i would know i was feeling better too <laughs> relatable being a gross horny old man me and matthew perry <laughs> um what was i gonna say about that did you get to the chapter where he was talking about uh his virginity uh, i don't think so no so he actually talks about how the first time he was about to have sex he downed a six-pack beforehand <laughs> classic <laughs> did not realize the ties between like alcohol and having sex and so he actually that was like when he was fairly young and struggling with it and was talking about how he actually thought he was like impotent for a little while and like for like literally probably four years five years like into his late teens early 20s was like avoided having sex because he thought like oh it seems fun but it's not for me because <laughs> like i can't perform and that was just like a side piece of his crazy drinking problem i was like that's sad so speaking of getting drunker uh inebriated in some way when he talked about like the pills like he was talking about how like he wanted to like take so many pills and he would just get high and watch a movie and then think am i in this movie (laughs) (laughs) i love that because i was like that's i could totally relate to that i feel like if i was like a huge movie star and i would like because i when i get high now i just find things like is this movie about me you know (laughs) so i feel like if i was matthew perry i would probably think did i do this movie i can't tell there's a there's a tweet that was going around yesterday which was like hey babe sorry i had to throw the tv away but homer saw me we made (laughs) eye contact (laughs) and i just think about that all the time because i'm just like that's just like a very like just like dude he can fuck i know he can see me yeah it's terrifying in the right context um yeah so and then he also talked about how he would like go to open houses and like steal pills from medicine cabinets which i think he talks about right yeah Uh, he yeah said the newer the pills were the less you could take yes that's so, right this, Forgot is a guy about who, that. this is a guy who had it down to a science yeah that's a uh, woof it there was a there was a big like kind of pullback in the beginning because uh you know everybody knows he struggled with addiction and whatnot and then he was talking about there was a portion of his life where he's like i literally woke up every day and was like how can i get 55 vicodin into my system and everyone's like 55 holy shit yeah yeah the murmurs went off at that point like the that murmurs. was like, people were mur- like literally like i remember as soon as that all of a sudden everyone started talking to the person next to them about that man they uh between the guy cheering for montreal and everyone reacting to 55 vicodin what is this uh the new yorker a uh, bunch <laughs> of shouts and murmurs am i right uh, there was also a couple other audience points i want to bring up one someone's phone went off near us during it um which how dare they uh two like you know i take videos at concerts a lot and like 
like I took a couple pictures at the very beginning when Matthew Perry came out. But it was very funny to me that like during like the uh during him talking about like his like addiction and stuff, people would like take like Instagram stories <laughs> and like post on Instagram. It's like Matthew Perry being like, Yeah, I took fifty five bike and almost died like fourteen times. And someone's like, I'm at the Matthew Perry book tour. Yeah, hey, let me post a video about this guy talking about how him being in the public eye and the pressure that comes with that nearly caused him to accidentally kill himself and everyone's like oh can i put you in the public eye (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know if it was the public eye so much he talks about how like it seems like it was something pre-friends that he just waltzed into and he talks about when he was on friends being like i should be happy like everything's going great but i'm not and he just being like confused and not able to figure out like literally i have everything i could ever wanted and i'm just not fulfilled like what is going on yeah like he mentions that like one of the things he thinks is possibly i forget how to even say this word but like they, he was given some sort of like drug as a kid to help him sleep yes yeah like fema barthetol or something something like that yeah and like his parents would just give him this drug and like he's never been able to sleep properly afterwards and he thinks it's partly because he was drugged as a kid to help him sleep better uh so i gotta imagine that definitely messed with his uh mental capacity a bit yeah i mean he he has like you know he talks about that and then like his like abandonment issues with his father leaving and you know his his mother uh you know he kind of is like you know she she dated a fair amount after the divorce and i was a child so like every man that she dated i just immediately was like is that my dad and then when they would break up like i would have like you know it would happen all over again um so like you know there's like a lot of stuff that happened when he was very young that uh at least in the book he sort of blames for like or not blames but like gives context to like this is like how i ended up how i did yeah do you do you see who his stepfather is does he mention that in the book that much uh he does but i i, I don't remember who it is it's keith morrison from dateline the guy who like bill Hader would always parody is like the guy who makes like creepy faces and like the yeah date. that's fucking but, yeah he has a lot of interesting connections to people yeah. um and just to talk about his mom real quick one of the things that adrian and i both kind of looked at each other kind of like with like a ugh, kind of look for was when he was talking about how like his parents kind of like sort of messed him up as a kid with the divorce and like the giving him like the drugs you know for helping him sleep and then also he was like hey but you gotta give my mom some credit she would ignore me whenever i had issues and whenever i was like you know crying or whatever or like needed food but whenever i made her laugh she always gave me attention and i was like that's not something to credit anybody with, I feel like. I don't know about that one. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's what he made his money doing, so... Yeah, it's true. But I don't know. That was a bit much. Um, he also talks a lot about Justin Trudeau. Uh, do you know yeah. the story about that? Go ahead and tell me, because, you know, our listeners certainly don't. Uh, Well, so, like, he would... Like, apparently... Well, his mom was, like, a press secretary for Justin Trudeau. And apparently... Not Justin Trudeau. Justin Pierre. Trudeau's father, Pierre, Pierre. Trudeau. Pierre. The prime minister back in the 80s or whatever. Canada. And then he 70s. went to 70s. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, and then he went to um, school with Justin Trudeau and apparently beat him up one time. That's <laughs> like a Twitter feed about this a few years ago, sort of. Like That's very funny. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. Uh, and he also talks about, like, speaking of the school, how he and his friends came up with, like, the Chandler voice in school. Yeah. Like, he was like, oh, me and my friends just go around each other and say, could I be any more of a dipshit or something? 
And like, he apparently would try to use that in every TV show and they kept saying, don't do that. And then in Friends, they finally said he could, apparently. Yeah, that is that is very funny. That is yeah. just like a bit from his childhood. And they apparently would underline, like he would try to like kind of throw the writers off by using his like higher inflection at the at like weird times on Friends. And they would underline the right words they wanted him to say and he would never do it. So at a certain point, they would underline the words that they didn't want him to do so he would do the right words accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, he was like making a joke about it. He was like, oh yeah, me and these other two kids came up with the Friends thing. They didn't get any money from it, obviously. <laughs> he actually, he mentions that in the book as well. It's just like, I'm the only one who got rich from it. That's that's great, I guess. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no comment. <laughs> it's funny. It is funny. I like yeah. to think that if I made it rich off of one R bit, I would give you money. I would bust down your door demanding it. I would lawyer <laughs> the fuck up. I own that bit. <laughs> yeah. If you get rich off any bit you say on this podcast, technically it's me and Brandon's property and you get nothing from it. Oh, shit. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And we have really good lawyers. We, <laughs> we are $400,000 in debt. <laughs> <laughs> the whole payroll of this company is just lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no accountant, obviously. No. Uh, so um, I feel like, uh, do you have any other thoughts? Do you want to talk about the book, Brandon? Sure. My my big thing is that he got uh, Lisa Kudrow to write him the worst foreword in his, It's like, it's it like a fucking tweet. It's so short. That's controversial. It's, it's oh. so short and so like unpersonal. Like she, she like clearly like was like, oh fuck, that's due today. And like spoke into a voice memo and then was like here type that up and send it like it's like 180 words it's so fucking short that, that is a hot take my friend i uh i really liked the forward i thought it had a great hook i read two of the sentences at the perry book reading and was like you know what i'm coming back to that book i i thought it was like i've read a lot of memoirs in my time and they always get like a friend or someone who was like on the show with them or whatever to write the forward normally the forwards are like several pages and the fact that it like she wrote like she wrote like a paragraph essentially she was just like how's Matthew Perry doing I don't know anyway here's his book I'm, I mean she wrote about what I would expect from someone who was a co-worker yeah <laughs> that's a good point point. and also you said she, you either get a friend or someone on a TV show with you he got both a yeah. friend on the TV show he was on friend. What I, what, that's what I'm saying though is like but then they normally write like you know like half a chapter well, instead of what could have been a text message. All right, but let's be fair. When one of those friends spends the next like 30 years down the rabbit hole of a pill addiction, <laughs> you probably don't see him as much as a normal friend. That's fair. The The other thing that I'd want to say also in the very beginning of the book, uh, how funny is it that he, uh, in on like the, the first page before the foreword, there's a Robert Frost and a James Taylor quote. Yeah, I did catch that. I was like, that's a good quote. That's a good combo right there. Just like a real classic guy who is in his 50s quote. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, James Taylor is... I saw James Taylor in concert last year. He still has got it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. I guess I should read what those two quotes are. Which are, the best way out is always through Robert Frost. You've just got to see me through another day. James Taylor. So basically the same quote twice, but by two different famous people. I was going to say, a lot of throughs. Yeah. Uh, also, Robert Frost famously talks about going like between two roads. 
Jesus. So why is he going through anything? You don't go through a road. Daniel, he wrote more than one poem. <laughs> he did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of consider him like a one-hit wonder, kind of like a like aqua, like the people who do the Barbie kind of thing. He, okay. <laughs> Are there any poet one-hit wonders? Like someone who just wrote one poem, it like blew up and they're just like, that's it. For yeah, me. the guy who wrote the There Once Was a Man from Nantucket poem. <laughs> he didn't do anything else. He didn't also do like uh, 99 Beers on the Wall or something. Well, that's not a poem. That's a song. That's basically a poem. Everything's a poem. I don't know how you guys aren't big Robert Frost fans. <laughs> What's Everybody what? knows Acquainted at Night. Tree, tree at my window. Birches. Those are the top three that came up on Google. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should do a podcast about Robert Frost and call it. You absolutely should not. <laughs> we're not. We're not. We're Frost here to Frost Frost. All right. I'm getting another beer. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, so I don't know. Uh, closing thoughts on the show i mean show feels like a strong word but like hey the money it basically was a show is at the warner theater a dc establishment the same theater that a few weeks ago i went to a pavement concert and saw a guy penising so saw a guy penising saw a guy pee in a sink oh pee in a sink okay i thought you said penising and i'm like i don't know what that means but it sounds upsetting (laughs) it was upsetting either way the sink is also upsetting it was very upsetting um but yeah so luckily no one was it no one was that like rabid or like rowdy at this show compared to a mid 90s introspective low key indie rock show that I went to the previous month. So thankful for that, I guess. Yeah. It was just a bunch of like, you know, people who discovered friends on Netflix or whatever. For the most <laughs> part. Um, and a couple other random thoughts about the show. Uh, one is that he calls uh, Jennifer Jenny, like Jennifer Aniston. He calls her Jenny a lot during the show. Yeah, was, like, oh, Jenny Aniston. I was like, I don't like hearing that said that way. It doesn't work for me. No, thank you. Oh, yeah, that bugged me. I've never heard anyone call her Jenny. It doesn't work with her last name to me for some reason. Jenny Ann's. Uh, Jenny Ann. Uh, he also talks about how they stay, like, she stays an intervention for him, but then apparently 40 cast and crew also stays an intervention for him in his dressing room. I'm what? like, how did you fit everyone in your dressing room? How big was that? <laughs> like, it must, yeah, that's a good point. But, like, still, like, damn. Um, And then he talks about a movie getting shut down because of his addiction, which I was, he didn't mention the movie, so I was like, oh, he's trying to keep it a secret, but apparently he, like, talks about other places because elizabeth hurley also mentioned it because it's a movie they both were in called serving sarah where he has to serve her divorce papers apparently and i guess <laughs> that's a romantic comedy plot which sure why not? uh adrian do you have any uh thoughts about the book tour uh before we close up before we close the whole podcast or not for the whole podcast just the we, book portion the book portion um oh, i did enjoy in in the i think it was the first chapter to Bren. you probably got to this point but he was talking about the rehab facility and his colon exploding and he was like oh there was some nurse they might as well have called her nurse fuck face yeah <laughs> like uh, the reason she was called nurse fuckface, i should clarify was because to alleviate the pain of what we later found out is his colon exploding she was like try some epsom salts in a bath yeah <laughs> i do love like the way like the way that said it almost sounds like he's trying to say something witty he's like oh they might as well have called her uh nurse uh fuckface. yeah he's he's never been known for like like he's witty but he's not exactly clever you know <laughs> yeah it's not like a word play with that yeah yeah i i did enjoy the way the book was written and just 
just his normal Matthew Perry voice, like very witty. Um, you know, the oh first- man, I hated that. I hate <laughs> the way he talks. The first portion of the prologue, where he's, you know, he's talking about like the whole colon exploding and that whole story. His friend Aaron, in this case, drives him to the hospital, and then they have to transport him hospitals. And like later, I liked how he gave, gave her shit. He was just like, oh, I would never survive a fifteen minute car ride, especially not if Aaron was driving. Yeah, <laughs> that's always good to see. You should always give your friend shit for no reason. <laughs> yeah, for saving your life. Um, couple other thoughts. One, the moderator at one point when like they were talking about the juicy parts, and she's like, oh, I don't want to go into detail on that. Let's just say you have to get the book to find out. And I was like, um, excuse me, we all got the book free with our ticket purchase to this event. Uh, and uh, last thing, um, which might lead into a possible segment, is that uh, he almost called the book uh, Unaccompanied Minors, apparently. Yes, he talks about how he flew as an unaccompanied minor a lot. Which yeah. I'm like, uh, have you never seen the movie Unaccompanied Minors? They already have the title. He mentions in the book that Unaccompanied Minor was almost going to be the book title, and I wonder if it was like, a, no, there's already a movie called that. It's bad for SEO. Yeah, it's a Paul Feig movie. You can't go after Paul Feig. He will sue you. It's it's honestly silly when you're a guy like Matthew Perry to, like, who fucking knows what the book's going to be called? Everyone's just going to Google Matthew Perry book. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, that could lead into our next segment. Yeah. Did you gonna... guys come up with any alternative memoir titles? I came up with a few. I came up with a few as well. Personally, there's two that are okay, and there's two that I'm kind of proud of. <laughs> I don't know which are which, but... Say them in any order you would like, or say at least one, and we can discuss it. All right. Uh, the first one I have is Matthew Perry, colon, the man, the myth, the Matthew. Nice. <laughs> I like that. Uh, and then, okay, next one I have is Matthew Perry, colon, not friends, just family. That's good. Oh, that's good. Uh, this one doesn't really work because this wasn't his drug of choice, but uh, I have old Percocet Perry, my struggle with addiction. <laughs> his, his, his drug of choice is Vicodin, so that one yeah. is scan. <laughs> Uh, all right, two more. This also doesn't work because tennis was his sport, but <laughs> it's a goal. <laughs> I needed a rhyme, guys. I needed a rhyme. Uh, from hitting pings to Chandler Bing, a Matthew Perry. <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> Uh, all right and then the last one i have is matthew perry colon from ace to acting a journey through tennis to showtime uh all of those are great all of those are better than friends lovers and the big terrible thing okay all right so i'll go next then so speaking of the title which is friends love and the big terrible thing mine was matthew perry and the terrible horrible no good very bad life <laughs> 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 um and then <laughs> um the next one i have is a few good men like matthew but like you <laughs> uh, um next one i have is enemies just you know friends but reverse because he makes enemies people in his life <laughs> right and so would it be it would be enemies with like the little dots in between yes exactly yeah yeah, yeah you got it yeah. uh and then um could i pee anymore (laughs) (laughs) you know when his colon exploded (laughs) and then last one uh no one told me life was gonna be this way colon the matthew perry story (laughs) that's that's genuinely good that is what he should like that is that is actually a good title no one told me life was gonna be this way he'd probably have to pay royalties though so yeah yeah those remembrance will remember that they made a theme song for that and wanted us yeah. to include it. Uh, okay, mine is called 
uh, uh, block and parry, which is like a sword fighting technique. <laughs> so it's it's block and parry colon the the Matthew Perry's colon story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do gotta yeah having the colon. He was all he was all blocked up. That's good. That's, <laughs> That's good. That works on too many levels. <laughs> <laughs> I do love how we're like we're focusing so hard on the colon part of this. It's so clear that all of us only read the first half of the book. <laughs> yeah, there's probably some really good nuance later on about like I don't know um, something about his life, but we're just like now his colon exploded. Yeah. Uh, he played tennis, but he played sport. <laughs> we're gonna translate it to fencing and golf. Uh, it works. Um, so since none of us have like finished this book, I guess we can't really rate it. No, I don't. I don't think we should. I don't. I, I don't think we should even rate it. I think what I was going to ask you is, uh, as we come to the end of our first season, um, what is there? So I think we should skip ratings and just go into recommendations, but we should do our regular recommendations. But first, what what is the your favorite thing that you have watched um, and reviewed on this podcast so far in our lovely first season? Gotta say, uh, Clockwatchers, the Parker Posey, Lisa Kudrow, Tony Collette movie that we watched like six months ago or so. It was just a, it was a fun little like, you know, I hate my job kind of movie. One of the top two I hate my job indie films that we watched this year. See, that's funny because I was going to say Office Space. <laughs> Office Space is definitely in my top three. I thought the movie was really funny. Yeah. I mean, obviously I thought that was good, but I feel like it's a conflict of interest for me to choose Office Space. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I don't expect you to actually listen to our podcast. So if you want to participate, feel free. But I, I, I you don't have to say anything if you don't. I was actually going to tell you guys today, uh, important moment in my Spotify history. They let me rate your podcast. Nice. Wow. I've listened to enough of them, which honestly, I was looking back. I've listened to a lot of them. <laughs> Appreciate it's it. Kind of like we're hanging out, but you guys don't get the benefit of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's the ideal way for Daniel and I to hang out with you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we record an hour and you just listen to like, oh, okay, cool. You don't say anything back to us. Us, it's great. <laughs> well, that's savage. Um, no, uh, most recent, uh, my favorite episode from you guys is the Leprechaun episode. Oh, wow. Really, in, really enjoy that uh, movie. Great. And I, yeah, I enjoyed the podcast. Glad. Yeah, that was with our, that was with uh, Nikki. Yes. Uh, she was a great guest. Shout out to Nikki. <laughs> uh, I think, I think not the best thing we watched, but my favorite episode we, we recorded, I think, was The Beast. That one, oh, that one was a lot of fun. What? Feed the Beast one? Yeah, Feed the Beast. Not just the, yeah. With David? Yeah. With David, the, the one that came out September 27th for those yes. looking for it. <laughs> that that uh, was a fun episode. I like that one. I also think the morning show one was fun that we did with uh, our friend Sean, who yeah. we never, okay, I guess maybe I can leave this for him for next season maybe talk about it. We mentioned a lot of times before that we knew each other through visual friends, but we never mentioned it was through Sean specifically. <laughs> Even yeah, though yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, did we not talk about that when Sean was on the episode? No, we did not. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Oh, wow. We have so much to talk about the morning show. Uh, well, uh, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Do we uh, want to talk about our recommendations? Oh, yeah. Let's do recommendations. Um, oh, yeah. What are you guys watching? Oh, that's a good question, Adrian. Uh, so, I, I, Brandon, I, you, I know you've seen this too because I look at your letterbox, but I recently watched, uh, speaking of biopic or biography related oh, things. Fuck, you're taking mine. <laughs> well, I want to say because I had a funny story about it. Okay. So, I watched... Um, uh, well, 
Well, you can you can say it if you want. I can tell my funny story when you say it because I've watched other things too. Uh, I oh no, you know what? I watched something else recently. So you go first. Okay, so I watched uh, Weird the Ali Inkovich story. I think that's what it's called, right? The uh, what was that? It was. I thought it was fun. I liked it more than Brandon did based on our letterbox ratings. Uh, just barely. I think it was. I think it was one of those movies where like the first like half hour you're like, oh, this is really funny that they're doing it this way, and then like once it kind of goes on more, you're like, uh, I don't know, this is dragging on me a little bit, and then it kind of like picks up again and it gets funny again so it's like you know it's like an hour 45 or whatever it's free for everyone because it's on roku channel which like no one has but you can just go online and find it and you know it's it's fun it has some good cameos uh it was a good time um and i will say i was walking around i think going to like i was just walking uh and i was walking past these uh two people who were talking about the movie and it was really interesting the way they were talking about it because like it was oh hey brandon like my review uh yeah you were like oh i liked it a lot more uh by going and you like it, you liked it half a star more than I did. <laughs> <laughs> It's a huge difference. 3.5 versus 3. Ooh. Uh, that's where I that. Uh, but so it was really interesting because like I was, so I was walking past these two people who were talking and one of them was like, so it's Will Forte and the guy I was telling you about. Remember that guy? He's actually in the movie. And I was like, you're explaining to someone who Weird Al Yankovic is, who you are basically implying they know who Will Forte is, but they don't know who Weird Al is. And I was like, I really want to like keep listening to this conversation just to like see what the fuck their mindset is here. Because it was just so like, he was clearly was trying to recommend the movie to this friend is like, hey, I don't know if you remember who Weird Al Yankovic is. <laughs> oh, you mean the most famous like parody singer ever who like is a very well-known person? But you know, this person knows who Will Forte is apparently though. So that was interesting to me. Yeah, that is funny. I like the I like the movie. I like, I wish um, it's no walk hard. I'll no. say that. Which is for my money easily one of the best comedies ever made. Um, and so it's hard to do like a, a uh, musician biopic uh, parody when the the best one has been made already um, right but it's good it's good it's funny it's nice it's a short it it could have been like 10 minutes shorter though they could have definitely cut some stuff out uh but matthew perry is getting offers for movies again i think from what uh, article i saw recently uh because of this book he should adapt this book into a movie and have it be a comedy and have daniel radcliffe play a young matthew perry no yeah. rupert grant oh yeah <laughs> rupert grant's almost done with servant servant season four is coming out in like a month i think and i think it's the last season of servant my favorite show that brand hates so <laughs> once he's done with that he can go and be a uh dark-haired individual wait wait what show do you servant like? that one about the the uh babysitter who watches like the baby that's not that's like a doll oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I don't. I haven't actually seen it. It just. I just hate the premise too much. It's too scary. Oh, it's such a good show. That's fair. Um, um I watched. Uh, I watched. Uh, See how they run recently. Yeah. Okay. Uh, delightful. Loved it. It was. Uh, it was. You know, like the only types of movies that are made now are like uh, Knives Out uh, knockoffs or Marvel movies, and this is just a Knives Out knockoff. But I. <laughs> I really. Sirsha. Sirsha Ronan can do no wrong in my eyes. She's the greatest thing that's ever happened to film and television um actually just film i don't think she's been on a tv show <laughs> i'm curious if she has i don't know if she has yeah um but yeah you know it's just it's uh it was it was sandy and i watched it we got very stoned watched it and we we're like yeah this is exactly like it was a perfect like friday night in movie 
you know it, it wasn't like like oh my god this was the best thing i've ever seen but it was it was it was a romp i tell you a nice yeah. romp um Saoirse ronan was on two episodes of robot chicken thank you very there much um so uh it's funny you, well so that movie to peel behind the curtain a bit on the episode that uh david was on for feed the beast uh when we were in line to go see barbarian that day which we saw he spent like 20 minutes ranting to me about how much he hated see how they run because <laughs> he really? had just watched that weekend so like, i i like i it's like wildly unoffensive you know like it's just like it's just, it's just like a little it's a little corny whodunit it's a i need i'm gonna watch it at some point because it's on hbo max now and give my opinion yeah i think i think he will i think he'll be more on my side than dave's where i think you'll be like yeah that was fine i'll probably think it's fine okay <laughs> uh adrian uh have you seen anything or uh recently that you want to talk about um yeah i mean her i <laughs> as discovered on the last podcast i'm not a huge like movie buff or keeper of pop culture thus we went down my dvd collection uh mm-hmm. not that i got a new dvd but i keep up with just some basic netflix shows i've been watching love is blind oh hell yeah that fucking rules yeah waiting for the finale to draw actually wait it just dropped but anyways the, uh, the reunion episode is out i haven't watched it yet yeah season three some real piece of shit guys like dude nancy deserves so much better so i've watched the whole season now the, the women who are like 30 31 dating these guys who are 25 and think they know what they want let me tell you it comes back to bite them those women know what they want and the whole like finale you're just going you know what fucking good for you because they're laying down the law they're like i'm done with this bullshit and uh yeah it honestly makes you happy as someone who's getting older of just like oh they, they're just they know what they want like they're not fucking around with people who are younger and are like more immature yeah i cannot believe that um fuck i can't remember his name but like the guy with the white guy with the beard who like oh what is it Cole? <clears throat> yeah like and like he was just like jealous the whole time they were in malibu and just yeah. like i can't believe you would even talk to another guy like we're together oh. and i'm just like oh. bro you have gotta chill out man and then oh, yeah. i can't believe she went through with it that's yeah so that's matt and then the two guys like bartice and cole are both just like fuck bartice too yeah dude both of those guys just straight up told the woman ideally that they're engaged to of just like uh so many hot girls out there am i right and it's just like what are you doing and they're just like i'm just being truthful i'm just being truthful and it's just like yeah but you're also being a huge fucking asshole like, <laughs> also also those girls were hot too like what are you doing yeah. like nancy's yeah. a total smoke show yeah so anyways uh finale that was good the other thing i've been watching a lot of is unsolved mysteries i've really oh, yeah. really been embracing uh the mysterious like thriller side of my tv watching um between so- that and love is blind of course yeah it- <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, some, some good episodes, some curious murders, one or two like weird happenings, extraterrestrial and Bigfoot. Uh, yeah. It's a fun show. Yeah. Don't know how Matthew Perry would fit in a Bigfoot episode, but I mean, <laughs> maybe Matthew Perry could solve a mystery. Could, could my feet be any bigger? <laughs> could this be any more mysterious? Yeah, you're the narrator. I think could Matthew Perry would be any more out of focus. <laughs> Um, I got two thoughts about this. One is, uh, so the only reason why I know anything about maybe both Love is Blind and Bachelor is whenever Sandy likes to tweet about them on Twitter. (laughs) 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 I keep up with any of either of those, like, I mean, like, I know enough of the people behind, like, both shows at the point where I'm just like, okay, well, I know enough about this that I can kind of follow along whenever I see a, like, tweet from Sandy of just like, I can't believe Victoria did this. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Fuck Victoria, kind of thing. But second, um, I think the Love is Blind should do a celebrity season with Matthew Perry. Ooh, that'd be fun. Like, 
they all maybe I don't know how I've never watched the episode of the show, but you kind of mask singer it where they just you distort their voices and you give clues oh, every week. That's, so that's like the circle. No, but the circle's not celebrities though. No, Lance Bass was on the circle. He was? Yes. Oh, I need to watch wow, the circle. You need to keep up. I've only seen the first season. Lance, I haven't even seen the whole thing. Lance Bass. Well, I guess Lance Bass's assistant's on there, technically. Oh, well, that doesn't count. Oh, because he But was, he made an appearance. That does he not showed count. Up, he showed up at the end and was just like, lol, wasn't me, dog. Oh, that doesn't count. I don't know. I mean, that counts enough. But I think you there should be a show where celebrities try and date each other and they have a love is blind theme, but they like have to try and figure out the identity of the other celebrity. I guess. Okay. There's a lot going on in that. <laughs> okay, how, about we, how do we simplify that? Like, I think you would have to make them not be celebrities. Well, the celebrities is the whole point. Yeah, but I, you couldn't get it. Could you? You couldn't get any celebrity to sign up for that, though. Oh, yeah, you could. <laughs> you, like you C-list be, celebrities. I, well, not even C-list. I, I don't know. Probably you probably cast the same like level of people as Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, like D-listmen. Yeah, hey, Kathy <laughs> Griffin on fucking Love Is Blind celebrity. But like they all have to like go on. They have to like. But then basically what happens oh, is yeah, Love Is Blind. Speaking of which, for any podcast listeners, uh, next season is in DC. <laughs> Applications are open. I might cut I this out. The info. <laughs> <laughs> This is mostly just a plug for, you know, if you're in the DC region, uh, put in for Love is Blind. Well, and also right into the podcast. So I can be like, I kind of know that person. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. boys, we should probably wrap this night up. Fun season finale of the best podcast out there. Yeah. Thank you for coming back on, Adrian. And we will almost certainly have you on next season when we continue doing whatever this is. Exactly. I appreciate you guys having me. I will pick my movie or TV show for next year uh, over the holiday break. <laughs> Look forward to being back. Can't wait. Thanks so much, Adrian, for coming on. And thanks to you listeners for listening to us talk about things that are not friends. All right. Take it easy. Happy holidays. Bye. Bless you, Perry.